When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. What's up, everybody? It's Double G here for Fight Game Podcast Extra. I think this is show number five in this Fight Game Media Network feed. Uh, so on this show, uh, the SmackDown version of the WWE 2023 draft has happened. And to get the immediate reaction, I got Keela Cash from the rap co-host with Scott, Salty Scott, and Keelan and I just kind of look at the, the first night and how things went and how they continue to do this draft in the most fake way humanly possible. Uh, and then we also talk a little bit about Cody and Brock there because that show is uh, about a week away uh, of this recording. So... Uh, that's the first uh, 25 minutes or, sh- or so of the show. And then I bring in uh, Brian Waters from The Ringer. He's a producer. He co-hosts the Wednesday Worldwide show on The Ringer Wrestling Feed with uh, my good buddy Ben Cruz. So we just talk about you know his career and some of the things that he's doing and what got him to uh, to go to the ringer the path the journey all of that stuff he's also a giant brutus the barber beefcake fan so how can you hate that of course if you're a hogan guy of course you're a beefcake person we talk a little bit about the cody storyline and if wwe can keep up their current momentum and all that so that is uh that that is the main interview for this show i wanted to mention uh as you can tell by this show I do like talking to people who are kind of in wrestling media, whether they have a podcast or they work for a website or someone like John Pollock, who, you know, he and and Way run the whole dang post-wrestling thing. I'm very intrigued with folks and, you know, how they, uh, just their process, you know, how they think about this stuff. And so if you, if there's somebody out there who, who does this, who has a podcast or, who does some writing for a website or who runs a community or something, uh, shoot me an email, gg at fightgamemedia.com. You can send some suggestions for people who you uh, may enjoy hearing me talk to on this show. Uh, And next week, at least I'm going to try. We're going to try and figure this out. Ian Douglas, who has written some really good wrestling books, I got through about half 
of the Brian Blair book, and it's one that I, I do want to finish because Dave Meltzer and I interviewed Brian Blair probably last year. And uh, Ian Douglas also wrote the Bohemian Rhapsody book, which I want to dig into. I want to get that one. It sounds like such an intriguing subject. And Dave and I interviewed Steve Kern on Friday. And Kern, in conjunction with Ian Douglas, wrote the, the book. And that book is really fun. I mentioned to him in the interview that it was a blind spot for me because the 70s, the, it, wrestling in the 70s is just bl a blind spot. Like, I didn't start watching until the mid-80s. So I love reading about the 70s. And he, I think he, he thought I was calling him old, and that's not what I was saying. I was just saying how books about wrestlers from that era, it's really cool to see those come out now because the wrestling business is so different the industry is just completely different. We we talked about that in the in, in that interview as well. So, uh, Ian, but Ian's the guy behind. He's he's the he's the guy with the pen. He's the guy with the with the who's putting all this stuff together. So I'm gonna try and bring him on next week. We'll talk about his books. We'll talk about his process. If you have any questions you'd like to hear me ask, Ian, of course, GG at FightGameMedia.com. Okay, let's get to Keela talking WWE 2023 draft all right welcome keila cash to fight game podcast extra we're here to talk about the wwe draft night one on the same night that not only the nfl is doing a draft but my Golden State Warriors took one on the chin, and it's not looking good heading into Game 7, Keela. And you know why? Because the Warriors are old, and old teams need more than, more than one day fully of rest. The Warriors are not going to get it. They didn't get it tonight. They just look like old and washed, and I'm, I'm a little worried for Sunday. I'm scared too. This could have been over last night, but they wet the bed and now they have to go on the road, their nemesis this entire season and try to win a game seven against Sacramento, who's very hungry right now. And Mike Brown is like, well, I coached y'all up years ago. I know the game plan. So good luck. And not, not only that, but pouring salt on the wound, your co-host, <laughs> Salty Scott Young, his LeBron James like let's be let's be fair Scott doesn't root for the Lakers he roots for the LeBron Jameses whatever team LeBron's on that's that's where where Scott's riding and and I don't fault him for that because LeBron is uh 20 years in he's still amazing but salt in the wound it, it, the Lakers advance they beat the Grizzlies and you know I was saying that uh, how do I choose between the Lakers and the Grizzlies? It's like choosing between diabetes and gout. Like, <laughs> wow. I, like the, it's the same. Like one hand, you know, whatever that saying is. Uh, 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 and I was just like, I, I mean, I may maybe just because the Grizzlies, you know, they're kind of like the young trash talking team, and I kind of root for the OGs, being that I've seen LeBron's entire career from game one. I don't know. I happy for Scott. I guess happy that the Grizzlies are gone. But if the Lakers get to round two and the Warriors don't get to round two, oh my goodness, there's gonna be. I, I'm gonna be paying 
hell for from uh, my my Laker friend fans. So, all right, enough about basketball. Let, let's go to something else that bothered me, uh, uh, which was this draft. <laughs> now you're a sports fan, and you understand how drafts work. So whenever they do, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever they do the draft, I'm not even really watching. I'm just kind of thinking like, how would I have done this better? And I was like, okay, well, what's going to be different here? There was a couple, uh, what was the draft where they pretended like the NFL guys were involved? <laughs> like the <laughs> NFL, like, like Troy Aikman, you know, he, he's reading the cards and stuff and he cares. So that, you know, they try to be <clears throat> creative with this, but I want to ask you, one question, and we'll start from here. When Triple H came out and said SmackDown picks or SmackDown chooses, who is SmackDown? <laughs> who is the who is the who is the mind behind the SmackDown brand? Because I know when the 49ers make a pick, it's <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, it's John Lynch, it's Jed York maybe chiming in. I, I know who the, the people are behind that team. Who is SmackDown? That is a really good question because it was SmackDown picks, Raw picks. Is Adam Pierce picking for everyone? That's my question. I really don't know. We had two separate doors and there were apparently representatives that Triple H don't know about. Yeah, he's he's just like you know, he, he just thinks that this is the greatest thing. He's up there, he's cracking jokes, he's making fun of the fans cuz they only played the beginning of Cody's music and they wanted to to hit their little bridge there with, with, with the song. And he's just having the time of his life. And I'm just going like, why, why do we do it this way? Why is it so uh, like fake? Like, I, I mean, that that's kind of a silly question, but can we just pretend it could be close to being real? Like this, this just, this just frustrates me. So they do this thing. And, and what they did here was, I think they've done this in in the last couple of years as well. Is, is they don't let you draft from the full roster because they want to save stars for both shows to be drafted. So they split them. <clears throat> Roman and Cody are available tonight, but it's not just Roman. It is Roman. It is Paul Heyman and Solo as a trio. <laughs> What like what when did when did Roman and Solo become like the unsplittable act? And you know, if there was any creativity in the room, you know, all these writers that they have and how much Vince is involved in Triple H, if Solo gets picked by the other side, then that's when you bring the trades in. Remember that one year of the draft, Triple H get gets drafted, and then they're like, Nope, we're gonna put him back on the other side. It's, it's we're trading like seven tag teams for Triple H, like th- like they've done this before. So that bothered me immediately. I'm like Solo. When does Solo become the thing? Why if it's Solo, then why isn't the Bloodline just all five of them? I guess they couldn't because they didn't know if Jay and Sam, uh, Jay, Jay and uh, Jimmy were going to win the tag titles or not. But they didn't even explain that. Like what happens it, to the team? who has the tag champions because they're both Raw and SmackDown, so he can't draft them? Like, did they explain that, or did I miss that part? No, they have not explained how that's going to work at all, which I'm very confused about. But I think there is a method to the madness regarding the bloodline. Okay. Roman Reigns is very shady. Okay. 
because he and the Usos are beefing, but the Usos don't know that. So he said, you know what? The bloodline now is myself, Solo and Paul. You two guys, you're on your own. Okay, that makes a little bit of sense. I would have loved for Roman to maybe be at least like a video. Could could we have seen video? Could we have seen the FaceTime between Roman and Paul Heyman at least? You know, Roman's like chilling in the swimming pool, shirts off, tanning, drinking, you know, some tequila, some Terramana tequila. (laughs) And he's saying this to to Heyman like I would have loved to see that so that makes some sense okay so so here's how the picks go out first the first uh they I guess they did it first and they did it two rounds a piece I think and the first round Triple H came out and he read the names Smackdown was uh, first pick Roman Solo and Heyman and then for Raw first pick was Cody now did they say why SmackDown got pick one and uh, before Raw? And I didn't really pay attention too closely. I should have paid attention to this. When they came back, did it snake or did SmackDown just get the next pick again? SmackDown got the first pick of the entire night because I think they're the host show for the first night. And I think Monday Night Raw would get the first pick on Monday okay. and then it okay. alternates from there. But what I did like was the fact they didn't do that dumb rule of Raw gets three picks and SmackDown gets two. It was two apiece. It was very even. It wasn't dumb, even though the factions definitely outweighed the picks in terms of parity. And the other thing I couldn't tell is, could you pick, like, like let's say Raw Raw didn't want Becky Lynch. Let's say Raw was like, nope, we're going to go Drew McIntyre. Could they have done that? Because... I I mean, it makes sense to pick the women next because there are some pretty big stars, but they didn't, did they say like you, they didn't have to pick women after, like they didn't have to go men, women, tag teams, right? Like they just randomly did whatever they wanted. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. This man, see, (laughs) you know, the NFL draft works the same every single year and it does crazy ratings every single year. And you see the trades and Mel Kuyper. Like, we didn't even have a Mel Kuyper. It would have been fun if uh, Byron was out there going like, you know, I heard from SmackDown. (laughs) The whole entity. That they were very (laughs) frustrated with Drew McIntyre this last year. And and they may not be as high on Drew as they were. They they could have done something like that. Okay, anyways, now, now I'm actually being a little too creative here. Okay, so then uh, went Bianca, SmackDown. So so Bianca moves over to SmackDown and then moving over uh, and then staying on Raw is Becky Lynch. And then they did uh, Street Profits went to SmackDown. Imperium went to Raw. And then Edge went to SmackDown. Get that chair ready so he can sit right in the middle of that ring. <laughs> cut that promo. And uh, Matt Riddle, who just recently came back. So those were your top eight picks. And I guess, you know, if if, the, if we were doing this for real, for real, uh, I would probably have a qualm or two about, you know, Bobby Lashley going fifth and Drew McIntyre going fifth. Like, 
but you know, I guess you can't really have a qualm with the with the order because it's 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 very fake as they as they have shown us. But what did you think about the sort of celebrity card readers, like Rob Van Dam wearing a suit that was somebody else's, not his? <laughs> um, who who was with Rob? Was because I know it was JBL and Teddy was one. Uh, then Shawn Michaels and, and Brian James mm-hmm. uh, was one. But who was with Rob? I, now I forget who was with Rob. It was Michael P.S. There we go. There we go. Michael P.S. Did, did, did seeing Rob Van Dam read the card, was that like reminiscent of like, uh, I don't know, Jamal Anderson coming and reading <laughs> the card for the Atlanta Falcons or something? We're really digging way back in the Dirty Birds back for that selection. <laughs> I have I have nightmares of Jamal Anderson running over the 49ers, by the way. That's probably why that name came to be quickly. Well, those are the good old days. I refuse to acknowledge what happened during the Super Bowl when somebody decided to <laughs> solicit, but I'm going to leave that alone. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, yes. Or uh, I thought you were going to say uh, the Kyle Shanahan not knowing how to call plays with a lead in the Super Bowl. You know, well, now you know how that feels, too. Oh, yes. I know that you feel very the pain. well. I feel it. Fourth quarter lead, you know, <laughs> he, he tends to blow it. So we both <laughs> feel that. But at least for you, he didn't blow a 28-3 lead. No, no, he didn't. Um, but yeah, you know, Rob Van Dam, P.S. Hayes, I guess Shawn Michaels was cute. and We'll get there about what they did there. But I mean, was is that a draw for you was to see all these OGs come back out? No, not really. It was like a nice nostalgia pop for me. But otherwise, like just a dude reading a card because they have to represent a whole show and we don't know who's behind the entire show. I, You know, it would have been great is if they would have brought Steph out like st- st- we haven't seen Steph in forever and she's quit the company. But man, they can't, can't they just like say, hey, just come through your TV. You're on TV for this one show do us a favor do us a solid better than you know shane coming out in a wheelchair or something <laughs> well, i do kind of miss stephanie from moments like this but she's completely pieced out i don't blame her good for her by the way too uh okay so then uh, smackdown side went bobby lashley raw went drew uh, and how about this one <laughs> bringing them all in at the same time the oc just because uh, aj got injured that also meant we couldn't see Anderson and Gallows for, for this entire time. Or at least it felt like that. Meachin, uh, Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows went six to SmackDown. And then The Miz went six to Raw. And then seven to SmackDown, Damage Control, seven to Raw, Shinsuke Nakamura. And then the head scratcher for me, Shawn Michaels, Brian James. Shawn goes... Like he's got this look on his face and he's like, oh, <laughs> NXT tag team champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. And then Michael Cole goes, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. <laughs> like the guy just told you how to say their names. He he did fix it, though, the, the next time he said it. And so Brian James goes, Sean, well, if you were bummed about that one, what about this one? Indy Hartwell. So. The women's champ and the women's tag team champions get drafted. Now, I imagine there's going to be some storyline, 
you know, Triple H is not going to just pillage NXT like Vince would do. There will be some reasoning. There will be maybe some back and forth. Uh, hopefully it makes sense because, you know, you can't... I, I thought they already jabronied NXT by having everybody in, in the back wearing the same NXT jacket <laughs> and, like, nobody standing out. Like, I just felt bad for Apollo Crews. I'm like, this poor dude. Like, not only is he on this show that he's so overly qualified to be on, but now he's just hanging out in the NXT jacket. Uh, but, like... Again, if this were real, is Isla Dawn and Alba Fire your number one draft picks from NXT? Because they didn't say that they were splitting the NXT locker room. They just said they're sort of up for grabs. And, you know, in a, in a real draft, like what, what a real draft is, is you're drafting prospects. You're drafting for, you know, high ceiling. And if this was for real, again, Carmelo and... Braun would have probably been higher picks than number eight if you were really doing this for real. Yeah, I felt it was definite choices. I like Isla Dunn and I like Apple Fire. I think they needed a bit more time in NXT as the champions. Ironically enough, their challengers, Katana, Chance, Kate, and Carter, I think they're more than qualified to get called up. And now you're going to have them hold those titles again. I think that it's a mistake. I would have called those two up over the current tag team champions and probably wait a little while longer. Yeah. So they'll do this again on Raw, and I guess <clears throat> there's still a bunch of talent because there's only eight, eight and eight, so 16 picks, though there's multiple people per per some selections, and they had a boatload of people who were available. So your Maximum Male Models, your Lacey Evanses, your Mustafa Ali's, even even Natty. Natty didn't get drafted. How does, how does Omos, Omos not get drafted, and he's... You know, in one of the big matches coming up on on, uh, on Backlash, that was kind of interesting. So uh, I guess they're doing some some online thing tomorrow. Is that is that what they're doing to to select the rest of the people who were in this uh, pool? It is possible they tend to do that in the next day to find out. You know, I think they call it the supplemental draft, and mm -hmm. you pick the leftovers, which is so exciting. So. Uh, yeah, Dolph Ziggler's got to get drafted at some point. <laughs> I, I I wonder if the I I imagine they'll probably do it in some sort of alphabetical order because you know you who's who's the who's the Brock Purdy of, of this draft? It's like oh, uh, Dolph Ziggler last pick. He's like thanks guys. Um, so yeah, so we'll get more on Raw. They'll split them up. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Give me your over-under 
in how many weeks until now this doesn't go live until uh not next uh week but the i think it's the is it the raw after backlash where these rosters are officially new yes okay so from that raw what if i give you the over under of three weeks no we'll go three and a half weeks are you taking the under or the over for the first time we have someone from one brand go to the other side and them not explain it? Oh, gosh. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over. By a I'm, lot? I'm going to go over and say we're going to take this all the way to SummerSlam at the most. Oh, wow. So you have, you have some faith here because SummerSlam is... What we're talking like four months with May, June, July. Yeah, we're talking like four months here. So, okay, you have you have some faith in them. Now, I will give them a caveat here. If somebody gets hurt, you know, they could just you know behind the scenes go, okay, we're going to make this trade because you know we have this person at this level, and and we need to switch some stuff up. That's fine. But <clears throat> over under here's another one over under. Two months before they do the thing where somebody who does not get drafted and who was maybe injured just randomly shows up on one roster and they don't tell us why. I'm going to say two months, and the person I'm thinking of is Randy Orton. Is he? Is he do you think he's going to be... Do you think they're going to... Forget that they even did this draft and just randomly have someone show up as a surprise and not explain like what show he's on. Definite under. I, I think that it's going to happen in about two months. Randy yeah. will randomly pop up <laughs> on Monday Night Raw and he will attack Matt Riddle. Yeah, because Matt Riddle is Team Raw. All right. So before we uh, before we get out of here... Uh, I want I want you know I wanted to do this cuz it was like immediate reaction to to the draft. Uh backlash is coming. It's next weekend. I know you and and Scott Young, you guys will have a backlash preview. You guys will also have a, a a much fuller recap of of probably what they what the roster turns out based off of uh, tonight. What are you thinking about Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar? Do you think Cody is eating another L, I guess, is the is the question that I have for you. I would hope not. If you're trying to give him the John Cena 2012 rub, you have him beat Brock Lesnar after going through hell and high water. It would be a bruising, violent battle. He would get beat down and demolished, but he, found a way, he will find a way back up and win this match. He has to get some shine after WrestleMania because even though it's been almost a month, I'm still salty about this man not winning in the main event of WrestleMania. It was right there. They screwed it up. We have this consolation prize championship now. And unfortunately for Cody, he's on Monday Night Raw still, and he might vie for the consolation prize title. And I feel so bad for him. Yeah, so what do you think about... Is he going to be the first... what do you call it? The I guess Brian Alvarez called it the bronze medal championship, the third place <laughs> championship, the consolation prize championship. Is that going to be Cody, or do you think it'll be Seth, and then Cody's got to beat Seth? I've, I've heard a couple different ways that people think this thing's going to go. 
Man, I would just say give it to Seth right now. I don't want Cody anywhere around bootleg bit gold. I don't. That's not the championship <laughs> he should be winning. You had one mission, one finisher story. That That is the championships that Roman has on SmackDown. I wish they draft Cody to SmackDown, but they didn't do it. And he's just going to be circling around this fake big gold belt title that I don't care about. But for Seth, I think that will give him credibility as champion, something to fight for and represent, and that's all well and good. But for Cody's story, you would want him to fight for a championship with the lineage that people care about. Roman's going on a 1,000 days as champion. At this rate, it could be 2,000 days if you don't have a decision maker on who you're going to have beat this guy for the title between now and possibly WrestleMania 40 if they dare wait that long. Mm-hmm. And... Do you expect, so, I mean, I I asked you those questions, the over-under questions, assuming that they are going to do a little bit more of a hard brand split, but do you think that that is what they're going to do, is actually a hard brand split with these rosters, or do you think it's just going to kind of be, remember when they had the the wild card thing that for a couple weeks, uh, you know, this this has been like not even a brand split of recent memory and and that it's been great for them they they're on fire do you expect them to at least try to create a brand split i don't even can you even do brand only pay-per-views these days the company's dummy proof right now they can try i wouldn't advise it i would just keep the brands together at this point and just do what you got to do but for me It'll work for six months, and then when ratings kind of falter a bit, especially during the fall season, we'll have the we'll have the wild card rule and the brand to brand invitational. My personal favorite, <laughs> when you can pop in maybe two or three times a year, they're fine a loophole. But I want them to at least try to maintain a brand split. Kind of hard to do when you got floating tag team champions and KO and Sami Zayn. But I just think that it's important for WWE to at least try. You have this draft as a television event. Once a year, you have people watch Friday and Monday. You hope that the shows are evenly split down the middle. You have fresh stars. But with this draft so far, you haven't broken up any factions. I think that's the choice as well. I think you have to try to make people by separating them from these factions, and they have not done so as of yet, which is a choice to me, which kind of takes out what Corey Graves said on Monday, saying, oh, my God. The Street Profits, they're no more after this. And guess what? They were drafted together on SmackDown <laughs> last night. So that was a lie, Corey. All right. What do you and Scott have prepared for the wrap on uh, Monday? Well, we're going to talk about the 2023 WWE Draft Part 1. We're going to recap everything from Monday Night Raw, discuss the very mm, choicey lawsuit regarding the toxicity of the creative creative process in WWE, some NXT spring break-in, talk about some of the conditioning and training regarding these injuries as of late to a lot of top stars in NXT as well. And, of course, dive into SmackDown and Roman Reigns possibly excommunicating the Usos after they failed to win those tag team titles from KO and Sami Zayn on SmackDown. Yeah, that's an interesting storyline. I'm, I'm very intrigued about where they go because... Again, it's just been working. And okay, one last thing before we get out of here. Does Sammy, is Sammy coming off a little bit too much like a wet blanket to you? He's, he's leaning in that territory for me at this point. 
Well, for me, I think that he is leaning in very heavily on this bromance with Jay Uso. And Jay kind of feels the same way about Sammy. They have this beautiful relationship, but it's tarnished right now due to the bloodline. And I think that Sammy's trying to salvage things a little bit too hard right now. And I can see why Kevin feels some kind of way about it. Jimmy feels some kind of way about Jay's relationship with Sammy as well. It's a great storyline, but I do think it's kind of heavy handed that you don't want to do too much. And if you're trying to have this crew reunite someday as friends, let it be a slow burn approach. Let's not have these conversations every single week about, oh my God, you're making this terrible mistake. Roman doesn't care about you because that does feed into tension between Kevin and Sammy. And I know they have a great rivalry part 30, but let's give us some breathing room to enjoy this title reign they're on right now. Actually, I, I used the wrong phrase. I didn't mean actually mean wet blanket. I actually meant simp. He's he's too much of a simp these days for <laughs> for, uh, for for yeah for the for the, uh, Jay. Um, all right, thanks for doing this. I'm glad we could connect and give our immediate reactions to the draft. It just reminded me how much I dislike the draft show because they could they, you could you could make it almost real. You could pretend that there's you could do some things that that the draft happens every year. You know, bring out Victor Wimbenyama. He's his season's over. Put him on TV as the <laughs> announcing the number one pick. Something. All right. Uh, thanks again for doing this, Keila. And uh, let's uh, let's go to my conversation with one Brian Waters from the Ringer. Brian, I've had been on this show multiple times. And I told him, I was like, man, you got to get me in good with your guys. I want to talk to your guys. You guys run a, a great shop over there at the Ringer. It's Thank you. Like, I, I have an operations background. I, mm-hmm. I work in tech. Uh, I work for a company called Nextdoor. And I, so I'm, I'm amazed at just how much content you all generate. And I know there's a process into getting all of that content. So that like, that's impressive to me. People probably don't really care about that part, but uh, <laughs> man, the ringer, you guys are just, just putting that. You guys have now three podcasts on that main uh, wrestling feed. Mm-hmm. In addition to everything else, the ringer does, but man, like you guys are just pushing out the content. And I know you're a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to say that I enjoy what I do every day when I, you know, log in for work. Uh, shout out to our other producers, uh, Troy Farkas and the babyface producer, Jonathan Kermer. I learned a lot from them. Uh, I came actually have a, a video background and those two had audio background. So it was a learning curve for me when I started, but uh, I wouldn't have been able to get up to speed as quick as I was if it wasn't for those two. We're going to circle back to your career because I'm interested in everybody's kind of rise to where they get to where you are now. Mm-hmm. We, we should talk about some wrestling stuff though, because off air we were just kind of chit chatting and I was mentioning Ben and you were like the connection between you and Ben was like, you like wrestling. I like wrestling. Like that's an <laughs> easy connection, right? Thanks. Work because, but it's because there's not like, not a lot of people, at least back in the day when I was in radio, uh, mm-hmm. this is gosh, we're talking about late nineties. I was working for the the big radio station out here. Still, you know, even though wrestling was super popular in that in that time frame, like the biggest popularity that it's had, you were going to get some people to still pretend that maybe they didn't know it because of all the things that came, the labels that came with being a wrestling fan. But today it's not 
it, you, people proudly display their wrestling colors, but still, there's still that connection. Like, you like wrestling? I like wrestling. Oh, there wasn't that many of us like in school or there wasn't that many of us on the whatever sports team. And so that's a that's a cool connection to have right away. It's like an icebreaker. Oh, absolutely. Um, I say during the pandemic, I connected with a lot of people. And so I'm part of the National Association of Black Journalists. Right. Right. And there's um, a handful of us that are wrestling fans. Then I found a lot of podcasters. And when we finally met up at uh, those wrestling girls third anniversary party, shout out to Queen PR and Krista B. They had an anniversary party. It was just basically a party that brought everybody together. I stood there at one point. I said, where were y'all when I was growing up? (laughs) I said, because, you know, I've been very vocal about getting made fun of for this, for just being a fan, having friends turn their back on me and say, oh, no, that stuff is fake. See, because after 2000, it wasn't cool anymore. No. You know, and, and people like to, if you ever notice, people would like to say, I was a fan of it when it was WWF, not this WWE stuff. <laughs> and, and so in their heads, they marginalize when the company changed names, that's when they stopped being fans. But the truth is, most people fell off after Vince bought WCW. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the product started taking a downturn. I would say it had a small resurgence of in product wise, maybe not with people in 2002 when he was able to get the NWO, yep. he was able to get Hulk Hogan. Um, able to get like the Ric Flair's, but before that, you know, you saw afterwards it was like, okay, Rock left, went to go to Hollywood. Stone Cold was healed; it wasn't the same. So we saw a lot of people fall off, and then with that in turn, that's when because I was still a fan, people were like you still watching that? It ain't fun. And that that was for me. That was ninth grade. Ninth grade was WrestleMania seventeen. I feel like WrestleMania seventeen was the exclamation mark, and. Is even like the next day, people was like, "Okay, we're done with that." WrestleMania seventeen does feel like an end, right? It, it, it like historically, uh-huh. I think it gets credit for being. It used to be the greatest WrestleMania. I don't know if that it still is the greatest WrestleMania, but there was this peak of seventeen, and then all of a sudden, the popularity, the fandom, and just the overall product fell down. But you were just at WrestleMania uh, earlier, a couple couple weeks ago now. Yep. And now people are saying maybe night one was the greatest night of, of WrestleMania. You being there, well, what mm-hmm. was your perspective on that comment? See, I'm, I don't know. Maybe because I was so into the story with Roman and Cody, and I got what I want. Um I don't know if you saw like, but Ben took a photo of me on my Instagram <laughs> and, and I was like, he's like, I'm gonna send it to you. I had to share it. But there's a moment where Roman just kicks out at 2.9. Yeah. And my hands over my face. <laughs> and for me as a fan, like, you know, being blessed to work in this stuff, you got to a lot of times take your hand off because you got to look up headlines, especially for Wednesday worldwide. We got to look up headlines. We got to talk about what the trending topic is. But when I'm in the arena, I want to just be a fan. Yeah. I want to mark out. I want to scream. And that's what I got to do. And I felt like with night two, with Shane McMahon coming back, not knowing that was going to happen, with Roman ultimately winning, I got a chance to do that. You know, so to me, I so just, you like night two better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, by a slim margin, I should say. Okay. But to me, this was like. This was up there. This is probably my fa- this is my favorite WrestleMania. I mean, it was a what a great weekend for WWE. Just oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I 
I, I've, I was telling people who listen to me that, so my ex-wife, her birthday is April 3rd. Oh. My, my wife, her birthday is April 3rd. So the only time I was really able to go to WrestleMania was when I was not married. Uh-huh. Um, and so that, that's probably not going to be in my, in my future, but you know, the thing that I miss most about that weekend, and I kind of want to, we, we can start talking about this. Uh-huh. I miss a lot of the, the networking. I miss a lot of the shoulder shows, like my favorite show three years in a row mm-hmm. was Wally mania. Yes, sir. And and I know Wally Mania is a little bit different now. Court Bauer was involved in it when I was going. Which ones and, did you go to? So I went to Santa Clara. So 2015. Okay. That I think that was the first one. Yeah. Then uh, Dallas was 2016. And then I think what would have been New Orleans 2018? Because I don't think they did it in New York. They did it 17 at Orlando for 33. That was my that's first. the one that I missed. That's the oh, one that I missed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, like the, those shows, just the, the meeting up with the people, um, Andreas Hale had invited me. He was having a little breakfast brunch kind of little thing. And he's like, yeah, we're keeping it small. I mean, I was just happy that he even thought about inviting me. And that's the thing that I was bummed most Wally mania and Andreas Hale's a little, little hangout. The the networking piece is so amazing though, because it's not only just the shows, but it's a lot of people who do stuff like we do mm-hmm. and it's connection. Right. And it's like community. And, you know, like you said, you know, growing up, like not a lot of people would admit to liking wrestling, but here everybody admits it. And we're no one is like afraid to admit it. But just the networking piece, like that's what I miss most about this weekend. So I, I did have a talk with her and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of bummed out. And she's like, go for the go for the the thursday and friday like just you know just come just come back uh before then and i was like yeah that might make some sense but how was the weekend overall oh it was the best weekend of my life man um you know we got to la tuesday and what was it yeah tuesday it's, it's funny i'll reveal this you talk about um your wife and your, your ex-wife <laughs> so <laughs> my ex-wife's birthday is march 28th and Every year, I would get anxiety. Yeah, eight years that we was married. I feel you. Before they named the date, because I'm like, if it's outside of like, if it's closer <laughs> to April, I'm good. But like, for instance, WrestleMania in Santa Clara was March 29th, so I was yeah. like, all right, I already knew, and we wasn't we was just married. That was the first year after the second year because we got married right before 30, and I was like, all right, not going to get a chance to go, whatever. But afterwards, so like, you know pending divorce i'm like oh i ain't got worried about <laughs> and ironically this year i left on her birthday um but that tuesday you know getting to see ben and uh cal for the first time in months um now i don't think the cow come out i don't remember but i remember going to the ringer first of all it's my first time in the office yeah like, this place is amazing yeah then we, we hung out and I, I hung out with my friend alicia who i went to college with did a couple of college projects with her and that was our first time seeing each other since like 2015 or 2013 then it was um you know so that was that night wednesday recording wednesday worldwide in person um, i was actually just looking at a clip earlier because my sister had just commented on my tiktok when um shoemaker called me out about my bruce beefcake tape 
<laughs> yeah, ben told, me, ben told me to call you out about that too. <laughs> Look, Beefcake was the man, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you know maybe because it's a Hogan, I'm a Hogan fan, so it was the proximity. But you know, I like the music too. I'm with you. I'm with you. How's how's uh, Beefcake guy? Yeah, see, they they don't understand. <laughs> So, um, you know, being able to do that in person, being able to hang out with my friends, I mentioned those wrestler girls earlier, um, them and Sir Wilkins of the Jabba Tears podcast, we all went out to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, getting to eat there. Oh, so it was Roscoe. so much fun. And, you know, just getting a chance to explore L.A. I'm a Lakers fan, diehard. So going into Crypto.com Arena, which sounds so funny because to me, I'm a Staples Center guy. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm reading, I'm in the midst of um, listening to the book Three Ring Circus. Uh-huh. So I've read um, it. I've read it. Oh, okay. So you, yeah. are, you know all about it. Yeah. So reliving that time mentally right now and thinking like, oh, I was in that building for SmackDown and the Hall of Fame. And then getting a chance to like produce interviews and really like Wiley Mania was crazy. Being able to be on stage, getting called Oos by Jimmy and Jay Uso. <laughs> so, that, that, is, that is a very cool thing. Now you got it called by Jimmy and Jay. Uh-huh. I, uh, I, the um, the gosh, I'm I'm now forgetting his name. Um, Samoan Werewolf. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm. Oh, blown. Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu. So Jacob yeah. Fatu, he wrestles. Uh, he used to wrestle a lot more uh, before the pandemic in for APW. So that's the Bay Area's like indie. And okay. so I saw him last All Out weekend in uh, Chicago or you know right close to chicago and uh we were hanging out and he was there and he yeah he was just calling everybody oost and i was like man that feels really good Mm -hmm. (laughs) they are so cool man you know i um i've been friends with uh lance on hawaii since um 2012 Mm -hmm. around time i was coming up in podcasting he was coming up in wrestling and he was um in a program with my boy jay bougie this past uh Right around December. And I so Bougie was like, yo, I'm I'm trying to get this match with Lance. I said, Oh, that'd be great. You know, Lance is good peoples. So, you know, we did the whole G- Bougie come on my show. He calls Lance out. Lance DMs me like, dude, let me get on the show. I'm like, of course. So, you know, we got to catch up. And he came down for Elimination Chamber um to Baltimore at Jimmy Seafood. And we got a chance to like watch the day it was like you could watch the the uh, match between Roman and Sami Zayn with Lance's Samu. Oh wow. Samu's son. And um, so that was pretty cool catching up with him and watching, you know. So we talked, I was like, dude, what's it like? You know, you, you literally watching your cousin on top of the wrestling world when yeah. years ago he was just a member of the shield. Yeah. You know? So he's like, man, it's crazy. You know, we'll be playing Call of Duty later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But you know, so being out there, like I said, just that whole weekend was crazy, man. And you know, I told Ben and Cal, I said, I'm excited because this is y'all first WrestleMania. And I always love being at WrestleMania with people when it's their first WrestleMania, just yeah. to see that look on their face, you know? So it was an amazing time. WWE's hot right now. Yeah. Business is hot. Ratings, all the metrics, the, they just, you know, they just did, did this deal with Endeavor. Uh, we have seen moments of time like this as longtime fans where business is up and then there is this peak and then for whatever reason they cannot keep it hot and they start doing all these dumb things just to (laughs) make it go down again last year i feel like 
there was the peak at Mania, and even throughout all of the stuff with Cody getting hurt uh, post-Austin, they didn't keep it as hot, but it was stable, and it was kind of moving in the right direction. And then come with the bloodline, and then you're talking about Rumble, you're talking about Elimination Chamber, Sammy and Roman. And so it picks up, and now it just feels like, you know, as long as they make sure to take care of a few storylines here and there, mm-hmm. it feels like the crowds are back with them. It feels like the audience is back for Monday and for Friday. Do you have faith that they're going to be able to to keep things moving in that direction? Or are you kind of, as the longtime WWE fan, are you just waiting for this bottom to drop out? I'm interested. I think they will. Um I may drink the Kool-Aid of Triple H a little bit, (laughs) but I like what he's been doing. We were there for SummerSlam and Bailey's return. Yeah. That was like, wow. Okay. We see where you're going with this. Then EO Sky and Dakota Kai. So then, um, you know, so you expected like surprises. Then we saw a slew of surprises come in. But then before SummerSlam, I have to say, with Vince, right? and everything that happened with him, there was like, okay, sad to see you go, but we're excited. And some people wasn't. I think that was a lot of people. So the underrated thing about that is the, the fans who know Mm -hmm. were excited because (laughs) we know what triple H did with NXT. Talk about it. Right. And back then there was always word that main roster WWE was kind of frustrated that, Take takeover was kicking their ass like every time they had those you know the the shows the joint shows or the mm-hmm. I guess the you know day day after shows so that part of it I was very excited about the thing that I was a little worried about though it, and it's kind of come back is is how as how much could Vince stay away because w- was it better to kind of pull back on us on some responsibilities and still let him in the house. Because once you took everything away, I was just counting down the days until this dude was ready to set this house on fire just so he could come back. And he's, you know, it's his company. He did all of those things to make sure that he could come back. But I will give him credit. So far, it seems like he's kind of left. He hasn't left Triple H alone, but he's he hasn't had that urge to take over completely. Mm-hmm. Now, that may still come. But I think that's now what we're counting down for is like, the day that Vince just decides that, you know, he's cleaning house and he's doing it again. That is like D-Day for, for wrestling fans, <laughs> right? For WWE fans. Yeah. Like I said before, we was watching, right? Because even if we be honest, all the, the times, you, um, times you named before, right after WrestleMania, where it stayed hot, that was Vince. Yeah. We may forget, but it was still Vince. The thing was, though, he, we was eating McDonald's and we was loving it. Triple H comes in. Now we going to Ruth Chris. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I didn't know burger meat beef was supposed to taste this good. So then you don't want to go back to McDonald's. Yeah. No offense. So I get it, but I guess I was naive. I never thought about like, oh man, Vince go find his way back. Yeah, I thought everything was moving forward. I was excited. Stephanie McMahon was in charge, and then what? That Monday, I mean that Tuesday night in. That was that was a dark Tuesday, January 10th. It was a dark Tuesday because 
within she makes the announcement of retirement and then within hours we found out about Jay Briscoe. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I, I wasn't expecting that. But I understand where you're coming from, but I do think there will be a balance. And I do think that, you know, we'll still get the Triple H dust. You know, I think he, you know, Vince McMahon, like uh, Cass said it best, seemed like the Raw after Mania, he just wanted to say, hey, show Endeavor, let, let me get a few shots in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we, if we could just erase Raw after Mania, which sucks is because you have fans from all over yeah. who went there. But it's like, you think about the next week where Trish turns heel and everything. If we could have got that on a Raw after Mania with that crowd, how good it would have been. But I, I think we're safe. I think he'll be, you know, on, on my show, The Wrestling Room, we have a joke that we don't mention Vince's name because we'll be live on a Wednesday night, right? And then every time we, we we did a show, I think it was in August. Maybe it was like once of his first got let go or retired. We did the show and then all of a sudden our connection kept messing up. Oh, yeah. So then we tried again, like later, like, is this coming back? And then <laughs> I was like, all right, we got to stop mentioning his name. I'm, I'm confident that I won't mess up the fight game podcast, but I, I do think we're, we're Vince safe. You know, I think he just wants to, he wants to be a part of it. He don't have to have his, you know, necessarily the final answer anymore. I just think he wants to be a part of it because this is all he's known for the past yeah. 70 years. Yeah. No, I think you're right. The, the, the getting the shots up metaphor is actually a, a, a good one because, yeah, like, you know, you, you, you have this new boss now and you run this incredible weekend and you want some credit for it. You're like, yeah, I built this. I may not be in the weeds as much, but we also see, and this is everywhere, right? You see Bob Iger come back to Disney and they couldn't get, you know, he, they had another guy running it and then they needed Bob Iger to come back to save the day. I'm sure for Bob Iger's ego, that was a giant hit. He's like, heck yeah, I'm the guy who can run this thing. Uh, And Vince, I'm sure feels the same way. And in some instances, the thing that I worry about is the fans reception of the product gets so good that then he gets a little bit of his feelings hurt, but hopefully, you know, he, but with those guys, I just go, guys, just count your money because that just keeps getting bigger. Like that's all you got to worry about, but there's the ego piece. There's the, the power, the insecurity piece of it that, that, that is there, but okay, let's, let's move on. Cause you mentioned uh, Wednesday worldwide. Now you Uh guys, you guys don't only cover WWE. You also cover the wrestling industry. So we're talking AEW as well. Yeah, even though Reddit doesn't think that. <laughs> wrestling Reddit is like, nah, you well, only cover WWE. You're WWE. Well, you know, the thing about it is, so The Ringer is I, is a pretty mainstream publication as far as the writing, uh, as far as the, the audio. Like, there is an ability, though, with Wednesday Worldwide for you guys to kind of get underneath a little bit aew is very much second mm-hmm. and if you if you want downloads it makes sense to maximize on wwe content because that's what you guys are in the business of is is downloads and listenership talk about uh <laughs> but for aew what what is your take what is your sense on these i mean i guess it's it's probably not even it's, it's i guess it's rumors until it happens but this idea of CM Punk getting his own show on Saturdays 
uh, to kind of separate the elite and punk and the people who don't want to work with punk. I mean, I've seen to, I've seen some emails where I was like, wow, I, these people really don't like this dude. But the idea of like going like, OK, we can split these two, these giant personalities and still keep them all employed uh, or on TV. Like, what is your whole take on that stuff? Man, the wrestling business, you always got to get it in the ring. You look at Piper and Mr. T, Hogan and Macho Man. I mean, if Edge and Matt Hardy or <laughs> Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett could get along, like, when you think about it, compared to those feuds, yeah, they really not arguing over anything. They arguing over he said, she said. Yeah, We've seen that before. It's all ego, ego hit. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so what they should do, they need somebody in there to say, look, get over yourselves and let's make the most amount of money. Get the match in the ring. So that's where I'm at with it. Do you think, so that is very much a Vince McMahon philosophy, right? I remember Booker T and Batista had a backstage fight. Uh-huh. And I, this was, gosh, I don't remember the time frame. People this, don't talk but, about that one too much. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for everything we heard, Booker T whooped his ass. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the, I love Batista, by the way. That that wasn't a shot at Batista. That's just what the rumors were back then. Uh oh, it's funny because I always have this Batista hate. I I was told to get over it the other day. It's it's 2014. That's okay. when he blocked me. Oh wow. And I'll tell people I don't hate Dave Batista, the man. It's the character. Yeah. I didn't like the character. I never thought. You know, to me, he's not a top 50 WWE superstar. And he's not in my top 50. And I remember they put this DVD out. Like, I like him overall. Like, I mean, you know, respect for what he did. But I like Dave Batista, the man, and what he stands for. I just don't like the, the character. It, 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 they, what do you think about his Hollywood success? Did you see that coming? I didn't. Um, no. Maybe because I didn't pay attention to him for promos. I, I like the intensity and I like the interest music. But that was it. But I didn't see this coming. Like, you know, because his promos was wrestling promos. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, when you look back at like The Rock was doing stuff that wasn't being done. So you, it, it made sense, you know? I mean, Saturday Night Live time. wanted that dude to host. <laughs> like, that was crazy. Yeah. Facts. But yeah, so, I didn't see the success coming. So back to the AEW thing. Mm -hmm. So this is very much the Vince McMahon thing is like, look, you guys have a problem. I hope you got it out. Now let's get back to business because, you know, you're going to be better off making money here than being frustrated somewhere else. Facts. And I don't know the Tony Khan management style. I've interviewed Tony Khan uh, a few different times, and I, I like him. I think he's a really genuine human. But it does seem like that there is that voice missing that's like, Okay, cut that shit out. Let's move on, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. It seems like that that voice is missing in that locker room. You know what it is? I always said this. The difference is with Shane and Stephanie, their dad created the stars. So if they were ever to mark out, it would have been over Bruno San Martino, superstar Billy Graham, Andre, Andre. the Giant. I'll, I'll maybe say Hulk Hogan just because they were children. Yeah. 
they're not marking out over Stone Cold, The Rock, <laughs> Triple H, Kurt Angle, Roman Reigns. No, they watched them from nothing to something. Yeah, and they became, Tony... they became TV stars themselves, too. Exactly. Tony Khan was one of us. Shout out to him. A lot of respect. But I will admit, if you gave me a gazillion dollars, <laughs> gave me it, put me in charge of this company, but then you had Bret Hart on my roster, I might be more inclined to listen to what he has to say because yeah, he no, was my, one of my point. favorites. That's a, so that's, that's why I always looked point. at it with him. Like a lot of these people, he grew up being fans of, and now he has to go into business, and it could be a tough transition. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he spends most of his time on AEW, but he does have other jobs. Mm-hmm. He works for the Jags. He's got the football team. Uh, he's got the soccer stuff. And so, you know, he, he can't. I, I'm sure there are moments of time where he's just not there when stuff is happening or when people are talking. Whereas with Vince, his life was Titan Towers. Yep. And he's there every day, you know, seven days a week. So yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to to think about it that way. All right, let's, let's move on a little bit more to your career. Cause I'm very mm-hmm. interested in, 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 you know, content creators in general and, and sort of the rise through the ranks. Um, how do you keep up with everything? Because you're producing shows. You also host your show on Wednesday. The, the wrestling ecosystem is constant like there's no days off you know now if we get this saturday show you know there's going to be raw on monday nxt (laughs) on tuesday dynamite thursday depending on how deep your fandom goes there there's possible stuff to watch thursday but then smackdown and now collision and all the pay-per-views are on saturday or sunday there's like no days off to being a wrestling fan and i know you're also a sports fan Mm -hmm. like how do you keep up with everything (sighs) I don't know. I'm crazy. Um, I think, um, well, one sports has probably been the one to take a back seat, but usually like for instance, on raw last night, the Orioles were playing. Yeah. So I had raw on my computer and then had the Orioles cause it was, a, it was an intense game. And I've, I, I've gone into this mode recently with sports where if my team isn't, doesn't have a chance, I'm not going to, all crazy over it. I'm gonna f- just focus on wrestling because yeah, wrestling never disappoints. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's fun. Like I, you know, keep up with the headlines. You know, as much as I hate the dirt sheets, quote unquote, I, do, I have to stay on them for the you know the shows and stuff. So that's one of the things. You know, I tend to stay on Twitter a lot, and I generally enjoy wrestling. So I enjoy the conversations. I enjoy fun conversations with people I never met. Uh, I don't need to, like, I don't need to complain about the product. I just like to talk about it. Yeah. Well, even if it's like, you know, well, I love hearing people's opinions too. So I also try to like listen to quite a few different podcasts or watch a few YouTube clips or Instagram clips. So that's one of the things that helps. So like, if I miss something, I'll get somebody's perspective, go back and watch it. Now, being that you are also a host of a few different shows. Mm-hmm. When it comes to putting your shows together, like let's just for instance, Wednesday Worldwide, because The Ringer is such a giant, uh, a giant distribution in in the podcast world. So I know you guys are getting you know more downloads than than just doing it without The Ringer, right? Like, right, absolutely. And, and so when you're putting together a show like Wrestling Worldwide, 
do you have a process yourself of like, okay, it's Tuesday night. I kind of got to get some topics for the show. You're collaborating with your co-host. Like, how do you guys do that together? Like, do you guys have a rundown that you guys are just popping things into like a doc? Um, are you guys, you know, just in text messages? Like, how do you put that show together with the idea of, okay, come Wednesday, we got to have these hot takes. We got to have these big takes that, you know, that, that, or people are going to listen to, or that we can actually put on TikTok, or we can actually put on Instagram reels. Like how, what's the thought process going into that? Well, it's, it's kind of all the above. I, what helps is me and Ben and Cal just kind of clicked immediately and became friends immediately. So it was one of those things where we enjoyed talking, wrestling with each other and yeah. sharing stuff. So there's kind of like the ongoing group chat, <laughs> whether it's work, you know, or tech. Slack. Yeah, and even Instagram, because it's like, hey, you see this video we share in the, you know. So there's that. And then by me being the producer for the Monday Mass Man show, I kind of have like that first take on hand to see or hear uh if there's a hot take, right? Yeah. So there's that. Um and then there's also um, you know, so it's you know, between those two, and then you know, listening to cheap heat, they was like, Hey, you did y'all just hear what dip said or did you hear what stack our greg said this is this is what we're looking for this week so you know there's that process and then you know during the show we we you know we figure out which headlines we're gonna hit on and then go from there then during the show i'm usually just listening and as i'm writing down the notes for editing purposes i kind of know it's like you know cal might say something or ben might say something i'm like oh that was gold you know personally i kind of when i get to talking i kind of know like all right this is Oh, I can say something about this yeah. that's gonna be, you know, clip worthy. You know, so it's just some combination of, you know, all three. So where does your the beginning? You mentioned uh being a video guy first. Like how like you you're younger than me, so this idea of uh having access with a with a smartphone, mm-hmm. uh YouTube, all of those things like you 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 grew up a little bit more so than than me in this uh space of just being able to create content like easily right like you you're able to do that like how, where does your video stuff start yeah so it start so i was a non traditional student and when um i went to community college took supposed to be a one year break ended up being a three year break so when i went back to school i was 24 and I had already dabbled and dabbled in YouTube because I was in the sports heavy. And I was like, I'm going to have a sports show. Yeah. And it was called the B-Water Sports Show. And it just didn't, you know, I was just, you know, doing the simple set up the camera talk. Yeah. yeah. Windows Movie Maker. So right before I went back to school, my uncle died, which is 420 is the anniversary of his death. Right. And afterwards, I was checking in with my cousin, his son, his stepson. And we was talking anytime, like, so they was the family house that always had wrestling on. Mm-hmm. Every pay-per-view, they recorded it. You could go over there anytime they was they just had a tape in, right? So me and him, like when we would always get on the phone, we started talking wrestling. And he was talking about something he saw on the internet he didn't like. And I said, Well, we can create our own show. So we created a show. And soon as we was like rising, going to the top, he gets in trouble. We can't do the show no more. And then I also go back to school. So I go back to school and that's when I met Dwayne. 
and we created the wrestler realm. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, you know, we could use this as a way to practice what we learned in the classroom. We're learning how to edit videos. We're learning the principles of recording and lighting and everything. So that's how the wrestler realm got started. And even post-graduation, we, we kept it going. Then it was one of those things where we had all the equipment, everything that we could have dreamed of. We just didn't have the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I went to work at ESPN. I was doing a show with my friends uh, called like the Wrestler Summit, and we would do it over Google Meet. And I'm creating <laughs> but at the time I'm on a social media team, so I'm learning like social media practices. Yeah. Um, come back to Baltimore, still doing a show, and I stopped doing that for a while. Created my own podcast under the Wrestling Realm Network because me and Dwayne couldn't really figure out the time yet. And then, um, you know, somewhere before the pandemic, we were we realized, okay, let's take a Saturday and record a bunch of shows, timeless material, put it on the YouTube channel. We did that. Then we created the Wrestle Around Now podcast, which we do every Wednesday night. But the video stuff started, like I said, at Morgan State, and then creating a wrestling show was a way of us practicing what we were doing, but also getting the opportunity to be content creators. That It's a fantastic story because what you said about practice, that's all I thought a, my original work was like the distribution piece of podcasting going back. It was really hard. Uh So until you had all these networks come up, you know, I was even using SoundCloud as of like five years ago, right? Before, (laughs) before, you know, before you could actually get real distribution. And that's all I saw it was, was just practice. Like I would never go back and listen to that stuff necessarily because I I know just in the back of my head, okay, what we were talking about, we're you're trying to create top like now my understanding of how to, because I I do shows for uh, uh figure four wrestling observer mm-hmm. I do three shows a week for them and then I do this show and then I do other sports shows so my mind is sort of trained to. Think of like, I, I don't even really have to think of it. Anytime something comes and I go, huh, that's interesting. And I just write it down and put it in a, you know, on a notepad for that specific show. And then I'll go back to it when I'm ready to create, you know, rundown. So yeah, I think your brain just kind of starts thinking in that way because we've been doing it so long. And just like everything else, you know, you want to play a sport. What do they say? It's all about repetition. It's all about practice. Same thing with this stuff, man. Getting mm-hmm. behind a mic, speaking yeah. into the mic, learning the tech. You know, all the, all those things just practice over the years. Like nobody really gets good at it immediately. So no, I I'm I'm with you as far as uh, how you got started. That's a, it's a great story. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's it's been a lot of fun, you know, to see an evolution. We recently was that November, I think. November we celebrated 500 episodes of the wrestling realm and that's total episodes. So that's over 260 episodes of break it down with Brian H the flagship show. I, a lot of times I was creating shows cause me and Dwayne couldn't create together at the time. Yeah. So, and I would just have a lot to say. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and do a show and it helped me connect with a lot of people via social media. You know, now Wednesdays, I say Wednesdays is my wrestling days. Um, you know, Wednesday Worldwide, we record that 11 o'clock, mm, 10, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. And then at 7 o'clock p.m., I'm on uh, TWG Fan Club with Queen PR of those wrestling girls and Justin and C&Daw. Um, and we just talk about women's wrestling and 
Uh, we pick a subject that's trending on Twitter and bring it to the fans, and we go live on Twitch and talk about that. And then 1030 at night, it's the Wrestling Realm Now podcast with me, Dwayne, Brandon, and Hugh, where we just, you know, kind of talk about trending topics or, you know, Dwayne handles that show now, so it's easier because he will, you know, we I show up. <laughs> but yeah. he'll, he'll, you know, so before... You're, you're a busy man on Wednesdays. Yeah, you know, um, somehow I, I squeeze a meal in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of fun. You know, it's two years ago, I was working at Johns Hopkins Media, um, responsible for connecting the doctors with the media, uh, also trying to figure out if the doctors were working on something cool when the pandemic happened, getting on a Zoom call with them, recording it, clipping that off of social media, or before that, going to their offices, having them record stuff and pitching it to the media. But I didn't understand none of the science. <laughs> uh, you you eventually, when you work around that stuff, you learn something. But to understand, like, I didn't know what, you know, the mitochondria was the powerhouse of the cell before <laughs> I worked there. So, you know, eventually, you know, but I had a great team of people that I work with, but as far as like the job, it wasn't what I wanted to do at all. So, you know, now I'm like blessed to be working with great people doing exactly what I love. All right. Last question. I'll let you go. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you hanging out here. Uh, non wrestling recommendation uh, with some sort of recency, whether it's a book, whether it's a TV show you're watching a podcast you're listening to music an out al- an album what's one non-wrestling thing you would <laughs> recommend right now that's in your wheelhouse um well i have another podcast called bringing <laughs> through glass ceilings okay where i talk to people about their career journeys but if so, not, yeah that, yeah that, that's that's amazing <laughs> in of itself because we're, we're sort of focused about that in, in the same way that's really cool yeah, it was the idea was when um I went to the National Association of Black Journalists convention in 2019 and was connecting with so many people. And afterwards, I spoke to my manager, Marin, uh, when we was in Atlanta for, I think it was the Otolaryngology Conference or something. And I was walking. I said, I want to create a podcast where I talk to people about their journeys. I said, I'm blessed to be connected with so many great people. Let's share their stories. So showing off of doing that and um just recently recorded my hundredth ninth episode. Wow. So um yeah, that's you know, that's a recommendation that I you know, but um TV wise, I'm a huge power fan. There you go. So um I'm very in the power book too. It's crazy because I so I was never a part of the I hate Tyreek train, <laughs> but I find myself like I was like, he really became a baby face. People might not want to admit that, but he became a baby face. After killing his dad, sorry if y'all didn't see the first one. <laughs> I just realized what I said. But yeah, he became a baby. Fan. So you relate it to to storylines to how you would look at wrestling. Yeah. So because of that, also right, people were surprised to find out that I'm a huge Young and the Restless fan. There you go. And that's because like one day I came, I was living in Connecticut, flew in from um there one weekend for my sister's birthday to uh. And my mother had picked me up from the airport. So I'm sitting here at her house, right? And we're watching. She's watching Young and the Restless. Now, here's the thing. When the story's on, you do not talk. Next thing you know, this is 2014. It was the Friday cliffhanger. I get hooked. I said, oh, I got to see what happened now. <laughs> so my mother said, all right. I said, yeah, Monday, I'm watching. So sure enough, 12, 15, 
she called me. Hey, Young and the Wrestlers about to come on. Ever since then, I've been watching. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Hey, so the next time we do this, I want to bring all three of you, uh, the, the Wednesday Worldwide crew. Oh, that would be uh, so on much this fun. Show. That would be so fun. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll talk to Ben about it. And we'll we'll try and set a time up. But, hey, man, I really appreciate you jumping on and, and doing this. I know, uh, thankfully, I, it wasn't Wednesday because you, you would have been really busy uh, on a Wednesday to do this. But uh, Brian H. Waters on Twitter, The Ringer, Wednesday Worldwide, The Wrestling Realm. Uh, anything else you, you want to plug? Yeah, TWG fan club every third, every two Wednesday and break it through glass ceilings. There you go, man. <laughs> hey, really appreciate it. So check out Brian. You can, you know, he, he's got a lot of stuff on his, his Twitter page as well as far as <laughs> all the things that he's doing. Hey, man, that's what Twitter's for. Twitter's a marketing tool. Exactly. There's stuff out there. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you doing this and, and hopefully we're going to do this again. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate you having me. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.